The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. I can't believe the first month of 2021 is almost in the books. Couple of days left though. You are listening to the Box Score Breakdown presented by Hoopball. Hello, I am your host, Scotty. You can find me on Twitter at the Highlander23. My co-host, he's not here, he's celebrating D'Angelo's birthday today. Happy birthday, D'Angelo. Uh, Mr. Jolly, you can find him on Twitter. And uh, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Hope everyone's doing uh, pretty well for your Friday slate of games if you're listening anywhere else. So by the time you listen to this, have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, as I said, we are the Box Score Breakdown presented by Hoop ball and the fantasy pass is a awesome, awesome thing that they've got over at Hoop Ball. Uh, the draft season may well be over, but they've got some great tools that'll keep you going throughout your fantasy NBA season all year round, and it is the best deal in the industry at four ninety nine a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there is zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you love it, though, but it's always nice to have that option. The Fantasy Pass has got everything. Updating projections, Fantasy Appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups and drops in our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with Hoop Ball pros around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. Awesome, awesome stuff. Mr. Jolly, he's a junkie of that Discord channel. He's over there all the time. So please do go and check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com, click on the Fantasy Pass ad below the main media wall. You're not going to have me rattle off the games all by my lonesome today. Today I am very, very, very excited to be joined by uh, a fantasy base, uh, basketball junkie. Baseball, so I've got baseball on the brain at the moment. A fantasy basketball junkie plays nine cut head to head most of the time. He's been a hoop baller for a few years now. He was on this very pod last season a number of times a week. You can find him on Twitter at Captain Canagus. Uh, Kurt Beach. Hello, mate. Welcome. Hey, Scotty. How are you doing, man? Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Mate, welcome back to the pod. Not that you've been on with the uh, dynam- dynamic duo that is the uh, Aussie Oz- Larrikins, but uh, welcome. I'm glad to have you. Glad to have someone with a bit of experience who might be able to steer me around this pod a little. Ah, oh, we'll see. I'm, I'm pretty rusty. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, I'm sure that rust will uh, come off, just like the NBAs, mate. Some of them, especially today, who have just come back, didn't need to get any rust off. Uh, and let's get, I guess, straight into the game. So we've got a number of games to go through. Uh, the first game, the Indiana Pacers, 105. We're down to the Charlotte Hornets 108. Jeremy Lamb needed some stitches to close a laceration on his team during the game, but he returned to finish with 12 points, five boards, two steals, two blocks, and two triples in 31 minutes. His team shouldn't be a concern, and his surgically repaired left knee hasn't slowed him down since he returned uh, on January 20. Despite the lengthy rehab, he has come in averaging 14.0 points on 49% shooting, 1.6 threes, 4.6 boards, 1.4 dimes, and 0.8 steals. Ironically, the only true dud came in the first game of the season when he played Charlotte. Um, but, you know, that won't happen very often. He's, I think he's going to be okay. Definitely a reliable guy to have in eight and nine cat. It's unclear whether uh, or when Karis Levert or TJ Warren is even going to return, which gives him an absolute clear path to starting we also have Sabonis, who just continues to perform in 37 minutes, 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. Shot 50% from the floor, missed his only 3, and shot 6 from 9 from the charity stripe. This dude is just continuing to be a monster. Miles Turner, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks, and 2 from 7 from deep. And Brogdon is continuing to light it up, 21 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, and one steal shot 40% from the floor and three from 10 from deep for Brogdon. But Kurt, we spoke earlier and you want to talk about TJ McConnell who got himself 18 minutes today, two points, two rebounds, six assists 
And at one steal, TJ McConnell, do you think he is going to be relevant and have an increase in minutes? So I don't know if his minutes are going to go up, but in a in nine cat and, and most of the rankings I look at just because they're quick to bring up are on Yahoo. So if I mention it, I'm, I'm referring to Yahoo nine cat. Uh, he's number 121 on the season. And in the last two weeks, he's number 104. And what I like about this guy is, um, unlike most of the other guys in Indiana, you kind of know what you're getting. Not a lot changes. But with McConnell, he just flies under the radar. Um, if you look at some of the assists he's got in the last uh, two weeks or so, they're pretty nice. In the last two weeks, he's putting up five points, three and a half boards, 7.2 assists, and 1.8 steals. So uh, if you like missed out on guards early in your draft and you're really hurting for assists, like some of my teams are that went heavy on bigs, he's an amazing guy to pick up off the waiver wire. And because he doesn't score, it's almost like he's invisible to the casual fan. So I'm all about streaming him in right now for those 7.2 assists and 1.8 steals. And he's not going to hurt your field goal percentage on 48% over the last two weeks and only 1.3 turnovers. And on the Charlotte side, LaMelo Ball come off the bench for 16 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals and 5 turnovers in 30 minutes. Uh, asked prior to the game about Ball potentially hitting the rookie wall at some point, uh, Borrego dismissed any concerns, saying he's going to stay in the rotation. Uh, it's a bit of a challenge for the 19-year-old, though, although he's been a little bit up and down of late, and they clearly are in no rush to start him, which I guess is good news for DVG and Terry Rogier. Uh, PJ Washington was fantastic tonight against the Pacers, hitting seven of eight shots for 19 points, nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, and one block. He went three from four from deep and didn't commit a foul in 35 minutes of action. Mate, PJ, how good is this guy going? He's, um, what have we got here? He's averaging a respectable 1.9 screen assist per game, which is, you know, not bad, but he does need to improve it. He's hovering around top 100 value at this point and should only improve as the season continues, especially if they continue going in that small ball um, and have him playing at the five. Uh, but DVG, mate, this guy, interesting, interesting stuff. He's 30, oh, 33 minutes. He got a double-double, 14 points, three rebounds, 10 assists, shot five from 14, as usual. Stinker from the floor in a percentage-wise shooting, four from nine from deep, uh, and had just the one foul for Devontae Graham. DVG, is he ever going to improve his shooting, or are we just, if you're, you're punting field goal percentage, he's a guy that you should have? Yeah, if you're punting field goal percentage, he's amazing. Um, and also, in head-to-head -head where your percentages fluctuate a lot from week to week, I, I don't look at it as much. But I'm, I'm really intrigued by Devontae lately because, you know, if you're trying to buy low on somebody, guys that are getting a lot of hype and getting talked about a lot, it's hard to do. So for somebody, like say, for example, we might talk about later, Michael Porter Jr. today barely did anything. You can't, it's really hard to buy low on somebody like that. But somebody like Devontae, I feel like after last season, probably because it was his coming out party when everyone was talking about him, he's not really talked about at all. I look at all the different sites and different podcasts, and I almost never hear people talk about him. He's number 104 on the season, even with the field goal percentage butchering your uh, your team there. But in the last two weeks, he's putting up 3.83s, 19 points, 5 assists, 1.2 steals, and I believe like 1.5 turnovers. So really solid numbers. And what I also like about him is you have that sort of three-headed monster with with uh, Devante, LaMelo, and Terry Rozier. And we all know it's kind of ramping up to LaMelo probably getting more minutes and kind of having a really strong second half to the season. And that leaves some question marks for Devante and Terry Rozier. Which of them takes a hit? How much of a hit do they take? So I think the owners, not only because Devontae's not getting talked about much, um, he doesn't seem to be all that exciting this year, but because of that uncertainty with LaMelo Ball, I think you might be able to try to buy him. Um, I did it in one league. I threw out 
Uh, also, un well, an underperforming LaMarcus Aldridge, but I guess the owner thought that he was going to do better, and I think that was a massive win. So I'm, I'm all about trying to buy Devontae right now. His stats will probably come down some when, when they make that shift to LaMelo, but those assists and points and threes, that's uh, something you can't just really find off the waiver wire. And the second game, the Hawks, 116, defeated the Washington Wizards, 100. For the Hawks, Trey Young went absolute bonkers. He went off on the win over the Wizards, dropping 41 points, 10 of 18 field goals, 16 of 17 free throws, with five assists, three boards, five triples in 34 minutes. Uh, so I guess he's not in that slump anymore. He was now averaging 37.6 points, 7.8 dimes, and 4.4 triples over his last five games. Things are starting to very much look up in Atlanta as Trey. And John Collins said their feud was a bit overblown at the start. Uh, seems like they've patched things up. They've won five of their last seven. They're playing very, very strongly. Uh, Danilo Gallinari saw 18 minutes. And he finished with 11 points. Four of eight field goals, one of two uh, from the charity stripe with three boards, two triples. He's averaged just 15.6 minutes in his previous four games since returning from injury. But the Hawks are going to need him to ramp up a bit quicker if uh, DeAndre Hunter misses any time. Uh, he left with a sore knee. Um, you know... Danilo Gallinari's fantasy value has been a bit non-existent for most of it. His permanent production is in line with the past few seasons as he's averaged a 21% usage rate. He simply just needs to get on the floor more for fantasy managers to feel you know, confident plugging him into lineups. Kurt, do you think that's true for Gallinari and will he shoulder most of the load if Hunter's out? Man, that's, that's my big question here. I, I think that makes sense for Gallo to be the guy that fills in there and give him that really strong three-point threat. But I don't my, – my question for you, Scotty, is I, you got Herter, Gallo, Reddish, and eventually Bogdan. I think he's still a couple weeks out. But all these guys, I think when they're all playing and able to get as many minutes as they can handle and, and not be on a minutes cap, who who really survives? And it's, it's really hard to pick and – for me, I've had Cam Reddish on a couple teams. I've dropped him a couple times. I've had Herder on multiple teams. I've dropped him a couple times. And it's really hard to gauge who's going to be a reliable fantasy contributor, contributor here. Um, I think of the four, I kind of lean Herder just because he does a little bit of everything. And then just because of his, his history, I want to go Gallo second. But I'm not sure. Scotty, what... What's your take on these four guys? How, how would you kind of rank them? See, I think the start of the season showed us very much that they want all their faith in Cam Reddish. I think they want him to go. I think that 32-point game against Brooklyn showed very much what this kid can do, and I think they want to try and fire him up, piss him off, and, and get him to perform like that every night. That's that's who I think they want. Whether that it will continue, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know I, I'd like to hope so. I think Cam Reddish has got uh, a bright future ahead, just whether or not he can step out and take uh, a bit of control, you know, especially if Trey's down and, and not playing well or being heavily guarded. I think um, I think he should, and he could very much be that player that they want. Yes, sir. I like it. He's got those juicy steals, so you'd like to see him get some heavy minutes. Absolutely. Uh, on the on the Wizards side of things, uh, Russell Westbrook was ejected in the fourth quarter. He and Rondo have got history, so they got into a bit of an altercation before the end of the half. Uh, Rondo later baited Westbrook for his second technical as his frustrations boiled over, with his team looking at another blowout loss. Westbrook finished in 26 points, five rebounds, four assists, one block, and three triples. It's one of his better lines of the season. Maybe he should play pissed off more often. And Davis Burton's return to action. Uh, he's, of course, been in the COVID protocol. Uh, he got himself to one point, going 0 from 7 from the field, three boards and one steal in 25 minutes. He was on a minutes restriction. This was his first taste of action since January 11. He still doesn't quite have his legs under him. He's a bit out of rhythm. 
Um, you know, prior to missing time, he was only averaging 11.8 points and 2.8 triples, which is a far cry from his production during his breakout season last year when he put up 15.4 points and 3.7 triples. I still believe he's going to be one of the best, most lethal shooters in the NBA. Um, what do you think about Bertans? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you on there. He's, he's the guy I'm probably watching the most in Washington. And honestly, it, it's, it's really hard to get you some, to find somebody who can knock in 3.7 triples and 15 points on pretty solid percentages. So I think what he did tonight was give you a nice buy low window with his, was it one point and 0 of 7 shooting. So I would, I would be all about trying to scoop him up, especially if you need threes. Uh, game number three, the Cavs, 81, got done over by the New York Knicks, 102. Darius Garland scored a season-high 24 points in the blowout loss, going 9 of 7 from the field, 4 from 6 from deep in 29 minutes. He also added three rebounds, two steals, but he only had one assist with four turnovers. His assists were way up at 7.2 per game in December. And we're riding off his lack of playmaking ability is a bit of a fluke, I reckon. Uh, it's not as though he hasn't had many viable targets, especially in tonight's game. With his teammates shooting a combined 20 from 67 from the field, that's a terrible 29.9%. Expect some fireworks in back-to-back -back games versus the struggling Timberwolves. Sunday and Monday in Minnesota and Cleveland. Darius Garland, do you think he can, you know continue to rebound to how he started the season? Oh, is Colin Sexton the man in Cleveland? Are they trying to, you know, I guess is he the man to lead the team, especially if they move one of these big guys away? You know, JaVale McGee didn't start today. He was a healthy scratch. Um, what do you think is going to happen there, Kurt? Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that Garland can get back to his numbers he was putting up early in the season. But I, I do think that was a little little better than most people were, even the optimists, a little better than we were expecting. I, I was lucky, like a, a lot of us hoopballers, probably to take him with my last round pick in a lot of leagues, and it was great. And then after he returned those last three or four games, I started to have a little bit of the doubts that probably most people did, like, oh, shoot, is, are we going back to last year's Darius Garland? But after tonight, I'm hopeful. Um, this could fall into one of those situations where it's somewhat of a quote-unquote buy high where those other guys who might be thinking okay this is an outlier and he's gonna stink like he did those last three games let me try to sell him now it might be a good time to, to uh to try to trade for him uh and on the new york knicks side of things emmanuel quickly scored 25 points hitting 9 of 17 shots, three, uh, 5 triples, 5 rebounds, 3 assists in 25 minutes. New York a, snapped a 3-game losing streak with the victory, and they blew the game wide open. Behind a stellar run from the bench in the second half, quickly has been a bit hit or miss all season, flashing enormous potential. He scored 31 points last Sunday, only to vanish with just 6 points on Tuesday. The Knicks' guard depth also does him no favours, and Thibodeau hasn't budged with his preference of starting Peyton, making quickly more of a luxury stash in most scenarios. By all means, go ahead, roster the guy, uh, but be prepared for occasional disappearances. And another guy who, you know, has struggled up and down all year, Alex Burke, he finished with seven points, three of five shooting, six rebounds and one assist in 24 minutes as a starter. Burks was probable for the game due to his left ankle injury that's been troubling him for a while, but he never seemed to uh, truly at risk of sitting out, though. New York may tag him again, just to, uh, but I'd keep him active. Marked as, as probably questionable or worse, I think he's going to play. He started the past two games with uh, Reggie Bollock uh, neck unavailable, though his 24 minutes tonight for Burke came in well below his season average of 27.3 minutes. Austin Rivers is healthy, quickly commanding minutes. It's hard to see Burke reclaiming this high usage role that he had to begin the season, Kurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical myself. Um, it's funny, I actually uh, put a poll out on Twitter earlier today saying, do you hold Burks or do you, do you drop him? And it's about 46% hold, 54% drop. And in some, on some of my teams, he's my worst guy. And... 
I want to stream or I want to pick up some of these guys that are going off. I want to try out a TJ McConnell for a week or, you know, a Gary Trent for a week and see how stuff like that goes. So if you're in that kind of situation where he's the worst guy on your team, and like you said, with the emergence of Quickly and Rivers, it's hard to see him getting back to those early numbers. So he's not a must-cut guy, but I think you can use that spot for streaming and probably get more value out of it. Quickly, I just need to pause the show for an announcement, and it's a bit of a fun one. It's free stuff, and everybody loves that free stuff. And what is it? It's the Bruins letter. It's back, baby. Yes, it is. It's back. It's fresh for the 2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Brewski, is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on a podcast, not on social media. It's not even on the Discord channel. It's only in the email newsletter. You can sign up and get it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021, brew as in B-R-E-W-S, letter 2021, and sign up uh, in 10 seconds. Again, the sign is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y, slash bruiseletter2021, Aaron Brewski, straight to your inbox. The next game on the Friday slate, the Sacramento Kings got one up over the Toronto Raptors, 126 to 124, and we'll start on the Sacramento side. And Tyrese Halliburton dished out a career high, 11 assists for his first double-double, adding 10 points, six rebounds, one steal, one block, and one triple in 33 minutes. This rookie, he's a real deal, isn't he? He, uh, highlight of the night with his Hesse dunk, with bloody awesome, and then drained a clutch triple with 44 seconds to play to help the Kings win their third straight game. He has the look of a future star. His fantasy managers will be the first ones to back that up as he's on pace for top 60 value in nine cat leagues, even with Buddy Heald rolling. The Kings are finding plenty of minutes for both as we're seeing a ton of three-guard lineups for them. Uh, speaking of a guy who isn't in that three-guard lineup, Bagley. He got himself 20 minutes, 7 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, shot 3 from 8, 37.5% from the floor, 1 from 4 from deep, missed 2 shots from the charity stripe for Bagley in only 19 minutes and 48 seconds. It seems like a bit of a drop in minutes for him, Kurt. Yeah, he's... He's frustrating. <laughs> he was one of my uh, favorite centers to take around, like, pick 100, especially in leagues where I went guard heavy and I needed a center. I knew I wasn't going to be getting much on the defensive end from him, but I figured, you know, 12 and 8, 12 and 9, and he's always struggled with injuries for his first few years in the league. I thought maybe this is the year he gets it together, stays healthy. But, yeah, the minutes have been very frustrating. And the four fouls, you could maybe say that influence tonight, but he's had nights where he's down around 20 minutes, even without fouls. Um, the guy that that leads me to look at is is Whiteside. And you also have to obviously uh, consider that Holmes fouled out with those six fouls. So keep that in mind. But Whiteside did get 20 minutes tonight, which I think is uh, maybe number two and maybe his second highest minutes total of the season. And we know what he can do and short minutes his, his per game or his per minute numbers are great and just those 20 minutes 16 and 9 with a steal and a block six to seven from the field um he's another guy i've seen on and off of rosters all season he'll have one good game someone picks him up he'll disappear he gets dropped but with that permanent upside i i kind of think that you have to grab him what do you think scotty um look bagley's a, a kind of interesting guy um and I think if you look at per minute sort of value, absolutely. Um, and unless you've gone sort of power forward, big guy, heavy early, you're not going to find anyone who gives you that per game, per minute sort of value um, like Bagley does that late. So if he's out there, absolutely pick him up and stream him. Definitely. And what what are your what's your take on Whiteside? Would you would you be grabbing him if you had room? Uh, no, I'm I'm stuck clear of Whiteside all season. I will continue to stick clear of Whiteside for the rest of the season. I think he's almost done. And very soon, I think, maybe next year, he'll go from the Sacramento Kings to the Sydney Kings. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I thought it might be fun if maybe uh, somebody like Brooklyn lands him, but, you know, that's just 
dreaming, I guess. Yeah, uh, let's look at the Toronto side of things. Pascal Siaka matched his season high with 32 points. Um, but the Raptors still lost. They still fell to 7-12 and 12 on the season. He reached 20 shot attempts for the third time this season, going 10 from 14 from the line with four rebounds, two assists and one steal in 38 minutes. Things haven't gone smoothly for Siakam or the Raptors this season. You know, he struggled to stay healthy. He struggled to string consistent performances together. He's only a ninth round value in nine cat right now. His shooting percentages and defensive stats are lagging well behind the production we've seen in recent seasons. But the aggression tonight was a welcome sight for him, and the Raptors will need more of it to turn their season around. Things won't get any easier, though, as nine of their next 10 games are on the road after this season. And a guy who I absolutely love, we call him the Boucher, Mark Boucher. Mate, that guy, 13 minutes, 43 seconds, four points, three rebounds. That's it. What happened? What's going on with Boucher? I don't know, man. It's, it's a real bummer. I've, I've been uh, blowing the horn on him probably as much as anyone on, on Twitter, especially when he has a good game. But uh, you might notice I've been a little quiet in the last week or so. <laughs> printed down 13 minutes here in each of the last two games just when it looked like they were clearing way for him and they they got rid of uh, Alex Lynn and Baines looked washed and you're like okay it's all set up for Boucher to just take off and he was what around number 25 or so um, but he's dropping like a rock here recently so he's, he's still 36 on the season but in the last two weeks that's down to number 85 in nine cat in the last seven days, that's down to number 157. And all of a sudden, he's back to getting those low minutes, and Baines is out there playing 20-some minutes. So it's definitely frustrating, but even even in the last seven days where he's at 157, he'll get in 9-6 with 1.8 blocks and 1.5 threes. And because, because he doesn't have that established track record of, of seasons of, of amazing stats, Maybe you can scoop in and steal him from somebody. I, I definitely would try um, because I think 13 minutes is about as low as it goes for him. What what do you think, Scotty? What would your move be here? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely try and buy low. I don't think he's going to get any less. You just hope that, you know, the per minute value, as he's been an absolute monster in per minute value, that it will just continue. He'll continue to produce anyway. Let's hope. Uh, okay, so the next game, the Bucks 126, got done over by the Pelicans 131. Before we go into this game, I don't know if you can hear it. It's absolutely pouring outside. It's thunder. I was in my pool probably an hour ago. <laughs> uh, we're in the middle of summer in Australia, obviously. You guys, you know, winter, it, it happens. It's absolutely crazy out there. I was in my pool. Everything was great. The sun was shining. And now it's absolutely pouring and the thunder is crazy. So I promise nothing. Uh, if you're hearing any low rumblings, it's not coming from my backside. It's it's the thunder. Anyway, yeah, the Bucks 126, the Pelicans 131. Giannis part of 38 points in a losing effort with 11 rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks, but it wasn't enough to avoid the 131-126 loss in New Orleans. Um, look, it was nice to see him go full alpha mode. 27 shot attempts after taking 17 or fewer in the previous three games. He finished uh, 15 of 27 from the field. 6 of 7 from the line. He even knocked down a pair of triples. Um, it's, it's very interesting for Giannis. He had a very quiet first half. Absolutely... Uh, come out of the gates in the second half. But a guy who looked like he was controlling things, Lopez. 32 minutes, 16 points, three rebounds and a block. Five from eight from the floor. Two from five from deep. Four from six from the charity stripe for the big fella, Lopez. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the game tonight, Kurt, but he certainly uh, looked like he was being a bit of an inspirational leader for a losing buck side. I, I didn't see, I didn't catch the game, um, mainly only because I, I actually don't see many Milwaukee games because it doesn't seem like from a fantasy standpoint, it's, I'm trying to find those guys that really move the needle and it, it is hard with them. But what I will say about Brolo is 
you know, after starting this year really slow and people saying he's washed, he's cooked. Um, but if you look at the game log, the games where he was getting those really low minutes, they were almost all blowouts, games where they didn't really need him. So with his increased age, it makes sense for them to kind of tread lightly with him. But still in the last month, after having an ADP on Yahoo at 88, the last month he's number 77, getting you 11 and 6, two triples, 1.6 blocks, and 0.6 turnovers. So I know a lot of hoop ballers were yelling buy low on him, and if you did, congratulations. You got a, about a top 80 kind of guy. Uh, on the Pelican side of things, Zion Williamson dished a career-high seven assists. Uh, adding 21.7 to 13 field goals, 7 of 10 free throws, 9 rebounds, 1 steal and 1 block after a bit of a slow start in the dimes department. Zion is now a double-digit assist in 8 straight games. Woo, he's doing okay. He collected more defensive stats as well. So he's ticking multiple boxes for fantasy managers. He won't hit three-pointers and he'll damage your free throw percentage more often than not. But an increase in dimes and defensive stats would still carry him closer to a top 50 value in eight and nine cap. It helps that he's only getting better as the season progresses. Stephen Adams only scored four points, but he hauled in a season-high 20 rebounds with two assists in 38 minutes. He's coming off an 18-rebound effort on Wednesday night, and it's clear where he's directing his focus. Remarkably, he only attempted five shots despite grabbing 10 rebounds on the offensive glass, which pushed him into the lead for total offensive rebounds this season with 84. His single-digit points in in five straight games and still isn't blocking shots, averaging only half a block in January and zero tonight. So that's a bit of a bittersweet line for fantasy managers. But Lonzo Ball poured in a season-high 27 points, hitting 10 of 20 shots, 7 from 13 from beyond the arc, 8 assists, 3 rebounds and 1 steal. Ball was a game-time decision. But the Pelicans obviously didn't have any restrictions on him as he fell two points shy of his career high. The Pelicans' half-court heavy offense has occasionally found Lonzo stuck in the mud with 11.8 points on 38.8% shooting, 2.2 triples, and a mere 4.6 assists per game average. So this huge game was a absolutely welcome sign. If there were any doubts about the health of his ankle, he answered them, and he should be ready for the second half of this back-to-back set against Houston tomorrow, which is Saturday. Lonzo, um, mate, played pretty well tonight, I've got to admit. Yeah, Scotty, I really like him. Um, I don't know if you remember that run he had last year. I think it was post-All-Star break. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was something like – it was ridiculous numbers. I want to say it was similar – or along the lines of 13, 7, and 8 with a block, 1.5 or so steals, a couple threes. He, he was amazing, and I was thinking he'd be a guy probably going in the top 40 this year in drafts if he didn't. Um, his, his preseason rank was 63, but like you, you mentioned those percentages, 38%, 58%. But uh, especially if you're in a head-to-head league, like I said, where those percentages fluctuate so much from week to week, um, I don't, I don't mind him. I actually really like him. I think that makes him sneaky value. So on, on the season, he's currently ranked number 145 in 9-cat Yahoo. Um, so if you have somebody who is, like, over-invested in rankings, I'd be all about trying to buy him. Although there are the question marks, uh, the trade rumors with him and Bledsoe. But I don't know. I, I could see Bledsoe getting moved, but I kind of feel like Ball is going to stick around. If he does and then Bledsoe is gone and they bring in – another shooter or move uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker to be that, that primary two. I think you could see his assists go up even more. And I really like him. I'd be trying to buy him. Could you imagine if Scary Terry and DVG went to New Orleans and Lonzo went to Charlotte? Oh, man, that would that would be fun. How fun right. would that be with both of them on the one team? I think Jordan would, he's lucky he's got no hair because he'd pull it out. I think Lamar would drive him up the wall, but that would be some awesome ball to watch. That, some awesome Pardon ball. the pun. Yeah. 
awesome. I didn't even think of that. That would be awesome. Uh, just before we move on, Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for wherever, wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and here to tell you you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. The best way to get started is with the perfect package 3.0 full of the best products to keep you looking smelling and feeling nice it's led by their revolutionary third generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer which has advanced skin safe technology and features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents it's also waterproof so we don't make a mess in the bathroom and piss off those ladies of ours uh, especially on Valentine's Day. Uh, let's be real, we've smelled a bit worse down there, boys. So that's why I'm thankful for their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking, and they smell pretty good too. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a pair of Manscaped boxes. They are high-performance anti-chafing boxes. Easiestly, easiest, the easily the most comfiest i've ever had i can't even get the words out that's how comfortable they are they just make you relax and you just can't get the words out uh complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by manscaped with the stain signature scent that's in all manscaped formulas this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection this is the perfect package for your perfect package get 20 percent off on free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com your balls will thank you get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com use the code hoopball20 happy valentine's day from manscaped our next game that we need to have a chat about the clips 116 beat a faults and they're not playing so good without him orlando magic 90 but we'll start on the clippers side and what a welcome return it was for Kawhi leonard and he didn't miss a beat no rust on him uh 24 points eight from 15 from the field six from six from the charity stripe four rebounds three assists and two trips in 29 minutes the game wasn't even close so the clippers were able to ease him and pg 13 back into things after only two games away which is surprising the number three player in standard leagues quiet fantasy managers are loving these days with the superstar saying that he no longer needs to rest in back-to-back sets either so we'll see if he holds to that with a back-to-back coming up on feb 2nd as i said pg 13 also returned he did pretty good from a two-game absence to score 26 points 10 from 19 from the field three from three from the uh foul line nine rebounds five assists two steals three triples in 28 minutes he did take a shot to the left leg early in the game, but he brushed it off, and the low minutes were simply a precaution after the missed time. I think he's been doing pretty well. Uh, PG is the only player in franchise history to have at least 26 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 steals in under 30 minutes. With how good he's looked, we don't see any reason why he couldn't flirt with first-round value the rest of the way. And Reggie Jackson knocked up 10 points, 4 of 7 from the field, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 triples in 25 minutes. Pat Beverly out with a sore right knee and hasn't got a timetable to return, so it sounds like Reggie Jackson may well be the starter even when he comes back. Um pretty interesting what do you think about reggie moving forward kurt um i don't love him but of guys to monitor on the clips um it's pretty pretty slim pickings and yeah with no timetable for pat bev with that knee injury in the last seven days reggie jackson's been pretty good 46 percent 70 percent 2.3 triples almost 17 points five boards five assists one steal um, obviously those games were without the big two so with them back I would imagine all of these numbers come down uh, besides field goal percentage maybe he sees a little bump in efficiency um, he's a decent stream right now in that last seven game sample size uh, four games he's at 32 minutes per game so in that amount of minutes you know if you if you could use a point guard he's worth a stream I think he's probably a decent hold for now in 14 teamers and yeah for 12 teamers i'd probably be streaming him until the wheels fall off which could be tomorrow 
it could very well be tomorrow. Let's have a look at the Orlando Magic side of things. And Terrence Ross was the lone bright spot for the Magic in their loss to the Clippers, scoring 24 points. 8 from 12 from the field, 7 from 7 from the foul line with 4 rebounds. 1 assist and 1 triple in 23 minutes. He's either red hot or it's ice bloody cold. I'm telling you. He, um, you know, but he may be ready to go on one of his runs that he tends to go on. Ross already has six 20-point games on his resume for this season. But his arm style is very limited to three categories with decent points, averaging 15.2 points, 1.9 triples, and 1.2 steals. Uh, he gets a date with the Raptors uh, on Sunday. That's his former team. I'm, I wonder if he will continue this hot streak. Uh, who else have we got here? Uh, Aaron Gordon in 29 minutes, 9 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. Shot 4 from 13 from the floor, 1 from 1 from deep. Didn't get to the foul line. Had 6 turnovers and 3 fouls on a guy I want zero part of at all this year, next year, or any year going forward that he continues to play in the NBA, Kurt. <laughs> I, I do not blame you, Scotty, but if, if I didn't tell you we were talking about Aaron Gordon, listen to these numbers. 13 points, 8.4 rebounds, 6.7 assists, 1.3 blocks, and 1.93s. If you just tell me those numbers and not tell me who you're talking about, I, I, don't, I, I would be like, I don't know, but that's got to be like a top 50, top 40 guy maybe. But then Aaron Gordon takes uh, a machete to your percentages uh, these numbers, by the way, that I mentioned are his stats for the last 14 days. Uh, in that time frame, he's shooting 35% from the field, 61 from the free throw line, and chipping in a solid 3.7 turnovers. So his ranking reflects that. He's number 183 <laughs> in that span, regardless of those great counting stats. So points leagues, he's a monster. Now, if you don't mind the percentages or the turnovers, um, if you're a head-to-head kind of guy, um, I kind of like him. I, I traded uh, James Wiseman for him in one league the other day, and I'm, I'm not looking back. I think, I mean, shoot, pair him with like a, a guy like Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Forget about your percentages and your turnovers, and you're, you're good to go. <laughs> That'll be very interesting. Uh, let's have a look at the next game. Philly, 118, destroyed. The T-Wolves, Minnesota, 94. We'll start on the Philly side. Tobias Harris double-doubled in the blowout win, scoring 17 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, one steal and a turnover in 34 minutes. Philly sit atop of the Eastern Conference with a 14-6 and record, but it's not like any teams are truly pulling away from the pack. Only five games separate the Sixers from the number 11 seed Raptors. Harris is a big reason for Philly's success, providing steady two-way play that often goes underappreciated. He doesn't show up in the highlights reel either. He shot just 6 of 17 from the field tonight, but that was his lone blemish in an otherwise pristine fantasy line. Joel Embiid started and played 27 minutes, scoring a game-high 37 points on 10 of 19 field goals and 16 of 18 free throws with 11 rebounds, three assists and one steal. He took a hard fall on his back during Wednesday's game after getting pushed mid-air by LeBron, of course, but was able to go after testing his back during the warm-ups. He's faced the Wolves' front court gutter by injuries. He probably could have dropped 50 if the score wasn't so lopsided, but his back tightness has been a bit of a reoccurring injury for him this season, so it can't hurt to double-check and, and give him some time off. Um, look, I think his status will be okay for Sunday's game in Indiana. He looks like he will be a full go. And Aussie Ben Simmons in 26 minutes, 11 points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal shot, uh, four of uh, 10 from the field. He shot... Uh, of course, made no attempts from beyond the arc. And three from four from the foul line. Only one turnover, one foul for Aussie Ben, mate, who has had a bit of a quiet game compared to what he's been doing lately, Kurt. Yeah, um, and, and he's far behind where he was drafted this year. As, as Yahoo ADP was 25, he's currently 64 and 9 cap. But his numbers look pretty decent that time, 52% from the field. 13-8-8 eight eight with 1.6 steals and 0.9 blocks. So 
if you're looking to make some kind of move on the Philly side, um, I definitely, while Embiid is feasting right now and taking up all the usage, I think Ben Simmons is a guy that you can kind of trade for and, and get a, a decent discount on right now. D'Angelo Russell bruised his right quad, uh, had a bruised right quad, but returned to action against the Sixers, shooting three of eleven from the field, seven of seven from the line uh, for fourteen points in twenty-five minutes. He missed three games with that injury. His return was welcome news for a decimated Wolves roster. Um, you know, it was nice to see him back. It, they've been struggling. It's been very interesting. Um, he did add four assists and a steal to salvage his line for fantasy purposes tonight. He should fare better in upcoming back-to-back games versus the Cavs. The same can't be said for the struggling Ricky Rubio, who only got four points in 18 minutes tonight, and the third-string point guard in Jordan McLaughlin uh, in four minutes. He only got four minutes. Um, you know, I, th- I think uh, especially DFS, the amount of usage that D'Lo Russell is going to get uh, over the next couple of weeks is going to be massive. So uh, definitely when it comes to the counting stats anyway. Uh, Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man, made his first career start on Friday, finishing with a lopsided loss against the Phillies with 15 points, uh, 5 of 13 from the field, 2 of 2 from the foul line, 3 triples, 4 rebounds and 3 assists. The number one pick was moved ahead of Jared Vanderbilt tonight, uh, and it came on the heels of a career-high 25-point effort on Wednesday. Well, very interesting. He needs to ramp up his supporting stats, though. Zero steals, all blocks tonight. Um, you know, and his scoring's been very sporadic. He's averaging 13 points on 35.5% shooting from the Ant-Man. Do you think better days are ahead, Kurt? Um, I do, and... I'm not a huge fan of him. I wanted nothing to do with him until about two days ago. And then today, moving him in the starting lineup, I don't know if it'll stick, but Minnesota's going nowhere fast. And you kind of just want to, or at least I kind of just want to see where it goes. So I'd put him in that same kind of bucket with a guy like uh, Gary Trent Jr. He's going to get you threes and points. And you're not really sure what else, but it's that unknown that's a little bit tantalizing. It's a bummer to see Vanderbilt go back to the bench because he's been a, a top 75 guy over the last 14 days. But if you got somebody to cut, um, I think Edwards is, is worth a flyer right now to see how this plays out. And I think his minutes are only going to go up as the season goes on. And, again, his stat set is limited. So if you don't need threes and points, he's not doing much for you. But if you could use a boost in those categories, check him out. Everyone's brand-new favorite team is in the next game. The Brooklyn Nets, how, uh, mate, entertainment, entertainment plus. 147 defeated the OKC Thunder, 125. Brooklyn had nine players with double-digit points, and we'll start with James Harden, who triple-doubled in the win over the Thunder with 25 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 4 of 4 from the charity stripe, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, 1 block, and 3 triples in 36 minutes. And yes, you read that score right. Brooklyn got a hundred and forty-seven points. Wow! Uh, tonight matched a franchise record for most points scored in regulation. That's uh, something pretty huge. Uh, James Harden tonight leading the NBA in minutes per game with thirty-eight point five. Uh, Steve Nash, you know, wants to chip away at that number, I guess. So. You know, whether or not that means he'll start taking a few minutes off, who knows? The Nets will give Harden some DMPs, I'm sure. Kevin Harden sat tonight. Kyrie Irving will have the occasional rest as well. Um, So I guess Harden's fantasy managers will have to live with a slight minute reduction. Speaking of Kyrie Irving, he scored an efficient 25 points, 10 of 16 from the field, 4 of 4 from the foul line. Uh, he also got seven assists, five rebounds, one steal, one block, and a one triple in 34 minutes. Kyrie is sitting at 35.5 minutes a game, which isn't quite as high as KD and James Harden. But obviously, I think Steve Nash wants to bring that number down for all of them, considering how well they're doing. Keep that in mind for next week, though. Uh, Feb 5 and 6 is their next back-to-back set, and he could be in line for a DMP with Kevin Harden, uh, with Kevin Durant taking his two 
return tonight. What do you think about Kyrie? Do you think he is a sell? Man, I, I've i always kind of been a do-not-draft Kyrie guy in, in the fact that, I mean, I'll draft him, but at the price that I'm willing to take him, he's usually going to be gone already. And this year, if I could get him anywhere around pick 25, you know, I wasn't comfortable with him being my second-best player, but if I could get him as my third-best player, I was doing it. And I, I did it in one league, and he's he's been a headache all season until these last few games. And I'm, I'm really torn right here, Scotty. I'm, I'm torn between thinking sell, 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 like take advantage of this and sell high. But he is number four on the season, Yahoo uh, 9-cat averages, and that, that's pretty amazing. Um, I'm torn between being scared of him being a head case and potentially just vanishing again. But then again, you know, he didn't have anything to play for last year. And the fact that I, I don't think – He's the kind of guy that wants to sit back and watch Harden and Durant take all the limelight. So I think he's going to play as much as he can the rest of this year. Um, I wouldn't blame you for holding, but I kind of want to trade him for, I don't know, maybe somebody like a, a Bradley Beal. If, if Beal sticks on his team, you know, with all the postponed games they've had, even though on a per-game basis he's not as good as Irving, you could get some uh, good value down the stretch. What, what's your take on that, Scotty? Are, are you buying or selling with Irving? Um, I'm, I don't know that I'm buying because I think the price is way too high. But if you were to sell and you could get some absolute value, um, and I wouldn't sell him for anything less than where you roughly drafted him um, in production-wise, then absolutely I would uh, take that deal and run. Would, would you... Uh... If it was between him and Beal, where you're losing some on a per-game basis, what, what would your thoughts be there? Um, I would probably... No, I'd, I'd probably stick with Kyrie at this point, just because the Wizards are an absolute mess right now. And unless Beal got a trade away, I would certainly just... I'd probably stick tight with Kyrie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's have a look at the OKC Thunder side. And uh, Shea, SGA, he hit six of 18 shots, two triples, seven of nine free throws for 21.7 rebounds, eight assists, two steals, and two blocks. He got off to a bit of a slow start this season, and his free throw shooting is nothing to write home about. But he's crashing it right now and came into this one shooting almost 54% from the floor in January. He's averaging 22.5 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, one and a half steals and two blocks and two and a half triples over his last two games. He's having a great January as well, which is why I guess a lot of people were high on him coming into the season. And Theo Maladon made another start on Wednesday. He hit four of seven shots, uh, three triples for 11 points, six rebounds, two assists and a steal in 30 minutes. George Hill was out again with a thumb injury and Maladon made the most of his opportunity. Chances are he'll reclaim his starting gig when he is healthy. Maladon at least put, uh, worth putting on your radar moving forward. I guess, Kurt, do you agree? Do you think Hill will definitely get his starting job back? Because Maladon's been, you know, he, he performed very well in the preseason. He's coming to his own the last couple of games without Hill, went a bit missing during the start of the season. Do you think he can take that starting job and make it his own? I, th I think it's possible, especially with uh, OKC's youth movement, and if they decide to trade Hill. You know, in, in the last uh, couple games, Maladon's putting up 13.7 points, four boards, almost four dimes, 0.73s, and 3.7 triples. And obviously, he's seen his, his minutes go up a good amount in those two games. Um kind of hard to say whether it sticks in standard leagues i'm probably not picking him up unless it's a flyer if you got somebody you need to cut i understand but i, I think he's probably worth a grab in all uh, 14 team leagues and deeper until we at least see how this plays out just before we get on to the last couple of games, ever since I've started this podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. They've always asked who you got, the Lakers or the Clippers, uh, OK, not OKC, uh, Kansas City Chiefs or... The uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. 
Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, and I tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sports book guaranteed to give me the best lines for the Super Bowl as well. You know me. You know I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do and my bookie is the best sports book out there period it's simple sign up and enter the promo code hoopball and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand schmackaroos head over to my bookie if you want to add a little bit of excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet bet with the best bet with my bookie and please gamble responsibly the Denver Nuggets 109 got done by the San Antonio Spurs 119 the Nuggets you know, five-game win streak ended with this game despite the Joker piling up 35 points, 10 rebounds, five assists in 39 minutes. And he was in full effect, making 14 of 24 shots with five triples. But the Spurs got the last laugh. The Joker hit two of four freebies and it turned and turned it over four times. He's also had a steal and a block, and you just can't find fault with his game this season. He's leading all players in per-game fantasy production, and he's yet to miss a game. So the math does itself, really, I guess. Congrats to everyone who nabbed him in drafts. Jamal Murray here, uh, hurt his right hip during the fourth quarter, but returned to finish with 20 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block in 35 minutes. He exited the game, but he was able to return after stretching it and testing his hip by jogging. He's already dealing with a nagging elbow injury. But uh, Nuggets coach Mike Malone said afterwards he expects Murray to be ready for Wednesday's game versus the visiting extremely well-playing Utah Jazz. They'll add him to the injury report as a simple precaution, but uh, I guess everyone will have to keep an eye on his status just in case. Uh, and a guy we mentioned at the top of the show, MPJ, played only 19 minutes, scoring nine points, three of five shooting with two triples, four rebounds and two blocks. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Mike Malone's reasoning is. You know, PJ Dozier was uh, out again. His absence left 20 minutes up for grabs, but Malone still played MPJ list. The Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap, Will Barton and Gary Harris. He's too good to be limited for too long, I guess. So... I don't think there's a real need for concern. It'd be great if Malone didn't mess with his minutes in the first place, but expect a more typical workload versus the Jazz uh, on Sunday. What do you think about MPJ? Do you think he, an increase in minutes is just around the corner? Yeah, it has to be. Um, if you look at his minutes in the last four games, it, they've gone down every single one. 35 minutes on the 23rd, 28, 25, and now today just under 19. So with as good as he is, it, it he can't justify keeping him limited to these amount of minutes. And um, I can't speak for the previous games. I don't remember his foul situation there, but he definitely wasn't in foul trouble tonight. So not sure what was going on there. But again, with somebody without that established track record, definitely take advantage of any panicked owners and send out buy low offers. He's you know number twelve on the season. At least he was before tonight, um, and he could he could potentially be a top 30 type guy so if you could send a top 50 guy maybe a top 40 guy um i would try that Kelton Johnson was terrific tonight with 19 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, and 1 triple with just 1 turnover in 32 minutes. He had 9 of 14 shots. He was in attack mode all night long with 7 of his makes directly at the rim. That makes it all the more surprising that he didn't get to the free throw line either tonight. He's rolling right now, though, with double digits, scoring 9 straight games. He's reliably hitting boards as well. He's averaging 7.4, and he's quietly made himself in indispensable part of the Spurs' success this season. Not bad for a guy that you probably grabbed off the waiver wire. Uh, Deontay Murray lit up the Nuggets as well for 26 points, hitting 10 of 19 shots, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. The Spurs are building momentum with three straight wins, improving their record to 11-8, and eight, and they're about to welcome back Derek White from a toe injury. That's if he doesn't kick it on the coffee table again. Uh, Derek White, uh, he, you know, 
His return isn't ideal for Murray's fantasy value. It's more likely to affect Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, Paddy Mills, but the Spurs are comfortable using Murray and White together, which wasn't the case for most of last season. So White's return isn't a zero-sum type game when it comes to Murray. Uh, and LMA, LaMarcus Aldridge faded on Friday night with five points, one of three shooting, three rebounds, three assists in 22 minutes. Uh, Pop continued to play the matchups at centre. And tonight, Jakob Portal, who got 4.6 boards uh, and 25 minutes off the bench. Aldridge has been gaining steam with 20.3 point average over his previous three games, but his sudden decline is a par for the course in 2021. He's on an expiring contract and there hasn't been any noise about his $24 million contract being a trade chip. So furniture managers may have to resign themselves to unpredictable late-round production. That'll teach you, Mr. Jolly, for taking him over Sabonis. What do you think about that one, Kurt? Uh, yeah, he's he's been a train wreck this year, man. And for last year, for a guy that kind of defied the odds, of, I believe he was 35, um, I like to be of the mindset, you know, kind of don't doubt a guy until he gives you a reason to. So like somebody like LeBron that every year people are like, don't draft him this year, big drop-off coming, you know, and you don't see – you see a – small decline but not a massive drop-off we're not talking about like a a calmly drop-off that we had um from two years ago till the past year but that's kind of what it's been for aldridge this year uh geez i'm glad i didn't draft him but i tried to buy him wherever i could in the first week of the season when he was a train wreck in one place i was able to trade uh miles Plumley and i think alec burks to pull him in and then another spot, I traded straight up Kyle Anderson for him. And in both spots, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm going to laugh this all the way to the bank. And so far, I haven't been laughing too much with Aldridge. So, he, yeah, he's number 134 on the season in 9-cat. But I don't know. He's he's definitely frustrating, and his stats are a roller coaster. But still giving you almost 15 points, 4 boards, 0.9 blocks, and 1.33s. I can't see him getting a whole lot worse. So he's he's not too far off the cut line for me. I'm, I'm I got to be honest, but I'm I think he's still too valuable to those stats are probably still too valuable to drop in a, a 12 team format. In a 10 teamer, you could probably explore other options, but in standard leagues, I'm holding on. And the last game of the day, the Mavs 101 defeating the now Western Conference leading Utah Jazz 100, lost to the Utah Jazz 120. Who would have thought the Utah Jazz would be on top? Fair income. This is amazing. Uh, but we'll start on the Dallas side of things. Uh, Luka Doncic, that's the guy who only everyone wants to talk about when it comes to Dallas. 32 minutes, 25.6 rebounds, 7 assists, and a steal. Shot 8 from 17 from the floor, 2 from 6 from deep, and 7 from 10 from the charity stripe with 2 turnovers and 2 fouls for Luka. But a guy who I think is a little bit interesting, and I think you think he's an IR stash in Maxi Kleber. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's going to light the world on fire by any means, and he might not even be a standard league guy. But I, I just kind of uh, pinpointed him as just an example. I, I see a lot of I'm, – I'm in eight different leagues this year, and I see almost all my leagues have two or three IR spots, and very few people have all their IR spots filled and I know some leagues, you have to drop somebody and then pick up your IR guy before you pick up the guy you actually want. But in other leagues, you can straight up add somebody directly to your IR. And if that's the case, I just bring this up as a point that you guys should always be taking advantage of those IR spots. Look through those available players on your list and those who you think have the highest upside combined with coming back somewhat soon. So, for example, Killian Hayes is on my on pretty much every waiver wire and he's got that nice upside for those assists and steals but he might not even come back during the fantasy season so i'm not about stashing him uh and i, I bring up cleaver because last year he he had a good run when they played him at center i think he had some nothing that really popped off the page but he can get you like nine points six boards uh one and a half threes one block so i, I just bring that up as a point to uh Make sure you're using those IR stashes, and he's 
he's one of the more decent ones I've been seeing uh, on the wire now. Unless you're in a shallow league and Derek White's somehow out there, in that case, you got to pick him up too. On the Utah Jazz side, I wish I had like a, a clap thing, so I'm just going to have to clap for Aussie Joe Inglis. Uh, Ingles, I should say. Uh, he got himself a, a pretty remarkable stat. He's become the all-time leader for the Jazz in three points, passing John Stockton. That's a massive effort. Big work. Well done, Aussie Joe. Uh, he got himself 28 minutes, 10 points, four rebounds, four assists, one steal, shot two from four from beyond the arc, four from seven from deep, didn't get to the foul line. Now we have Rudy, Rudy Gobert. He got himself a double-double in 25 minutes, 17 points, 12 rebounds and two blocks, five from seven from the floor, didn't try one from deep, seven from eight when it come to the uh, foul line. Bojan Bogdanovic, 32 minutes, 32 points, and two assists, 10 from 16 from the floor, and seven from 11 from deep, five from five from the charity stripe. And Mike Conley, 22 minutes, three rebounds, nine assists, three steals as well to go, seven from 17 from the floor, four from 10 from deep, four from four from beyond the arc for Mike Conley. Conley, mate, the old fella seems to just keep performing in somewhat of a consistent under-the-radar kind of manner, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and great for Conley after last year's train wreck of a season, but you know, after spending almost his, his whole career with Memphis and then jumping to a new team, it, it just took some time for him to get it together, but man, he's on fire this year for a guy who... Uh, ADP of 86 is currently 46 and 9 cat. I believe I read he's number 20 in the last week. 16 points, 4 rebounds, almost 6 assists, 1.5 steals, almost 3 threes, good percentages. Um, just lighting the world on fire, very low key. And again, I feel like he's a guy that nobody's talking about. And these old guys on, on the teams that aren't maybe as exciting to watch and not that Utah's not exciting they're they're on a great tear but in terms of fantasy maybe not a lot of teams are watching them because you don't have many guys uh really moving the needle in terms of pickups or drops so I think he's a guy that you can actually trade for and make a profit on because I think a lot of people are just looking at his age remembering the tragic season he had last year and I think you might be able to snatch him up for a value Nice, Ben. Uh, well, that's it. That's all the games we've gone through today. Thanks for uh, coming on and joining uh, us for the first time this season. Really appreciate it. I'm sure uh, we can get you back on, hopefully. Yeah, Scotty, absolutely. It's been a great time. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to maybe doing this again. Yeah. Uh, where can people get a hold of you on Twitter if they want to hit you up? Yeah, I'm at uh, Captain Canegas, and um, I probably better not try to spell that. It's kind of a mess but maybe it'll be in the description. And yeah, that's probably the, the fastest way to get a hold of me for questions, ads, drops, trades. Um, I'm, I'm pretty active at getting back to people on that. For joining us, Kurt. Appreciate it. Uh, you can find, as I said, the, my co-host, Mr. Jolly, uh, on Twitter at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. You can find me on Twitter at the Harlander 23 It's been lovely. Have a great weekend. We are the Box Score Breakdown presented by Hoopball. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you uh, next week. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.